Amen. Good morning, church. I love the sound of fellowship, people getting to uh, speak to one another before we get going. But let's stand up together as we sing. Will you join me? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, You can be seated. Thank you. And you guys, there I am. Good morning. How's everybody? Isn't it good to be together in the house of the Lord? I am so glad that you are here. I had a great Sunday school class lesson this morning. We are, uh, God is good and spending time with brothers and sisters in Christ, reading and studying and talking about God's word is a great way to start the day, and I pray that yours was well. It's good to see everybody here. We have got a day ahead of us, right? We've got a lot going on. Let me remind you of just a few things that are going on. Everybody, when you came in, you probably received a call to action, and in here, I just want you to remember, fall praise tonight, 5 p.m. Everybody, if you're in the choir, you need to be sitting up here at 5 p.m., but if you're not in the choir, not one of the musicians, I pray that you'll be sitting here, that we will have a full house tonight as the Lord is worthy to be praised. It's going to be a great time. It starts at 5 p.m. You don't want to be late. It's not too late for you to invite people. It's not too late for you to change your plans if for some reason you're not going to be here. Let me tell you, you do not want to miss Fall Praise Festival tonight. It's going to be a great, great time. Also, Fall Festival is Tuesday night. It's going to be a, uh, another great time. If you have volunteered to serve and you've not checked your email or followed up with me that says, Jeff, I've seen my name, I know my responsibility, and you can count on me, I need you to do that because if we don't know that by the time I come in in the morning... We're going to call every single person that we haven't heard from yet. And so uh, I pray that you'll check that email, check that out, and respond back. And I'm looking around the room because there's many of you that I'm speaking to right now that you've said, hey, I'm going to volunteer and help, but I haven't told you I've seen my place yet. And if you'll check that, that makes Tuesday. We'll go off without a hitch. Don't forget, next Saturday, that dreaded day of the year comes... When we can change our clocks and we lose an hour of sunlight in the afternoon. But don't forget that because what you don't want to do is mess up and then miss something on Sunday as we do that. Uh, ladies, don't forget, it's only two weeks now until our women's conference and shoe boxes. The table is out here. We've seen shoe boxes many go out, but it's still plenty of boxes there for you to be able to take your shoe boxes and go and fill them up and have them back in here by the uh, 13th of 13th, 12th of November to be able to have that back. Or if you say, hey, we're not going to build ours this year. We're going to pay. Well, that's $25 a box. You can write a check for as many $25 as you want to and make it just one check. Make it out to First Baptist. We will do all that and mail all that ordering there at the end. But I pray that everybody, our number last year was 1,459 boxes. That's crazy good. That just sets us a good target, right? I set the target a couple of weeks ago. If 1,459 was the number last week, then 1,460 has got to be at least our goal moving forward. So I pray that you'll do your part with our Operation Christmas Child. I'm actually meeting with the representative from Samaritan's Purse this week for breakfast and strategy. They like what we're doing. I like what they're doing. We're going to talk more about how to do more stuff together. And uh, so I pray that you'll think and take a look ahead and do that. We're going to be together a lot. We're going to be together this morning. We're going to be be together tonight. We're going to be together Tuesday night. We're going to be together Wednesday night. The Lord has a lot of great things planned, and this service, 
Don't look past it. What God has for us today is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, we are not having children's church. We're all staying in here together. So if you're sitting right here or right here or wherever you're sitting, kids, Pastor Jeff's not forgotten children's church. We are not having children's church this morning because we are having a special, special service um, together, and I look forward to that. So let's all stand. We're going to pray together. And then after we pray together, I'm going to encourage you to sit back down because I'm going to stay up here for a minute. You're getting ready to figure out how this service is going to begin to unfold. I'm so glad you're here. If this is your first time here, I would love to meet you after service. I'll be in the atrium. I look forward to seeing you. I'm so glad that you're here. And if it's your first time here and you're going, so we're doing something tonight at 5? Yes, and it won't be complete unless you're here. Everybody should be here tonight at 5. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you and we thank you for another day. Father, we thank you for the life that you have given us. Father, we breathe now as an act of your will. Thank you, Father, for life. But Father, we thank you that through Jesus, you want us not just to have physical life, but you want us to have eternal life forever with you in heaven. And we thank you that through Jesus, you have made that pathway. Father, I pray today that all who know Jesus will be encouraged to live more faithfully. And I pray, Father, for those that are here or those that are online or those that are on the phone that do not know Jesus, may today be a day, Father, that your word and your spirit work to draw them to you. Father, we thank you for a busy week ahead, Father. I believe that we're doing things that bring glory and honor unto you, such as praise and outreach and evangelism. Father, may it be a week where people, Father, come to know Jesus as their Savior. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for what you have for us during this service. May we not miss one thing that you have for us. And we pray all this in the great name of Jesus. Amen. All right, church, you may be seated. Now, this morning, we have a special service planned all the way around. A couple of you have already said, well, Jeff, you said we were having baptism first thing. Has something changed about baptism? No, except we're going to elevate it just a little bit. So let me start with, taken from the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, baptism is defined as this. Christian baptism is the immersion of a believer in water in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is an act of obedience symbolizing the believer's faith in a crucified, buried, and risen Savior. The believer's death to sin, the burial of the old life, and the resurrection to walk in newness of life in Christ Jesus. It is a testimony to his faithfulness, no, his faith in the final resurrection of the dead. Being a church ordinance, it is a prerequisite to the privileges of church membership and to the Lord's Supper. And in just a few minutes, we are going to have baptism for Caleb and baptism for Diana. We're going to go and do that yet in this service. But we want to talk about it just a second. I want to show you something. And I was reminded, maybe we as a church, you don't have to get this on camera, but this is my baptism certificate. I was given this. It says, in obedience to the command of our Lord Jesus Christ and in invitation of his example, imitation of his example, Jeff Rasnick was buried with him in baptism on September 26, 1976. And some of you just got confirmed. They said, yeah, I knew he was old. <laughs> September 26, 1976, I was baptized. I remember the where. I remember everything about it. And I remember that my sister was with me, and we got baptized together in that moment. It was a special, special day to be able to do that. Jesus, Scripture says, was baptized. In Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 to 17, we read this. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he allowed him, and when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. 
And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And I believe that when believers go through this act of obedience, this ordinance of the church, this following of Scripture, that it pleases the Lord to do this. Acts chapter 2, 41 says that uh, then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and the day, that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Believers are baptized, and it promotes unity and fellowship. This ought to be a fun time together. When you see, and what I love when we do baptism here, we get in there, which we're going to in just a few minutes, and we do this, and then they come up out of the water, and you know what I find more times than not? Their church family goes, yeah, that's a big, big deal. Do you know why when people come and make a profession of faith and I present them to you and I say, hey, church, if you'll love them, support them, and walk with them, if you're happy for the decision that they've made, let them know this, and everybody goes, yeah, right? That fellowship, that unity, not only is that cool to have as a church family, that's biblical. That's what the angels do in heaven. When you come to know Jesus, you know what they said? They go, yeah in heaven. It happens, right? It's a really good thing. We are called to baptize. I count that as one of my joys. Uh, Caleb, Diana, when we get ready to do this here in just a few minutes, Zeke and I, we count it as a great joy to be able to walk with you in and through this. Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 to 20 says this, and Jesus came and spoke to them and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. In Acts chapter 8, we find that believers desire to be baptized. In Acts chapter 8, verses 35 to 38, it says this, then Philip opened his mouth and, beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. That's the Ethiopian eunuch. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him, desiring... We have some amongst our midst right now that have accepted Jesus as their Savior, but baptism has not been important to you. Whether it's young and you're growing in that, or whether you've decided, I just never followed up with believer's baptism. It happens, doesn't it, Miss Diana? It happens. But here's what I believe happens to what I tell everybody who comes to know the Lord. Your baptism, it'll happen one day because you will desire it to happen. Scripture teaches that when we come to know Christ, it becomes a desire of our heart. Caleb and I chatted a number of weeks ago, and in that moment, baptism wasn't really, he wasn't ready. That wasn't his thing. And then all of a sudden, through the work of God, the work of his spirit, the work of his word, Caleb, it became a thing. And we honor that today because he desires to have it. Romans chapter 6 says that baptism is an outward testimony of a heart changed by God. Let me read this. It says, or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life, for we have been united together in the likeness of his death. Certainly, we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward change. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 says that buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Baptism is a symbolic act of dying to sin and being raised to life. So after we worship together here in just a few minutes, we're going to see the word of God come to life in the lives of Diana and Caleb. We're going to celebrate in the most, one of the most biblical things that we can do as followers of Christ. We're going to baptize. But I want to stop and encourage you for just a second. When you see what we're going to do here in just a few minutes, I want you to remember that moment. I've told you my day. I've told you I remember it. And it was a big deal in my life. 
I want you to remember the day that you came to know Jesus, but I want you to also remember the day that you were baptized. And if for some reason you're going, I haven't been baptized, may it be a testimony to you today. May the Spirit of God and the Word of God move and work to where you will go, I want to do that. I want to be faithful. I want to see God do that in me, and I'm going to be praying for the Lord to do that. But at the same time, I want you to remember what Jesus did for you and when you were baptized, what it meant to you. And I pray that it means more to you in the next few minutes than it ever has before. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for us, and then the, uh, the uh, Lord's Supper team, and Caleb, and Diana, and I, we're going to go back, and Zach has given us a lofty eight minutes and 27 seconds, thank you, Zach, to get ready, but we can do it, and then we're going to join you in the water here in just a second, Zeke's going to join us as he does Caleb's baptism as well, and we're going to celebrate baptism together, amen? So I'm going to ask you to stand. And then I'm going to pray, and then after I say amen, we're going to exit, you're going to worship, and then the next time I see you, it will be in the baptismal waters as we give testimony to a good God. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Father, for your love for us. We thank you for Jesus, Father, for even though we are not good, Jesus came and died on the cross so that we could be made right in you through his life lived, through his blood shed, through his death and the victory over death that we can now share eternally. Father, I thank you. I thank you for Diana. I thank you for Caleb. I thank you specifically for them coming to know Jesus. But Father, I rejoice now in them desiring to follow in believer's baptism. Father, we recognize that it is symbolic because all the saving that had to be done was done through Jesus and their faith expressed in him. But Father, may our church family rejoice this morning as we see your faithful work in and through their lives. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. And we pray all of this in the great name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Church, I pray that you're ready to worship this morning. Uh, I know pastors mentioned it, and we've been talking about it for some time, but uh, this evening is going to be a special time together for our church family. And as I look on this crowd tonight, I, I certainly would love to see all of you back at 5 o'clock. Our choir has worked hard to, um, to have some songs to present to you that are so meaningful, and uh, I think they're vital to what's going on in the life of our church family at this time. And uh, they're going to be here. This place is going to be full, and I would hope that this place will be full here. I don't think there's anywhere else that you would rather be than here tonight uh, with us as we uh, praise God together. So uh, would you sing with us, uh, This is God So Loved? <clears throat> All right, here we go. Come all you weary, come all you thirsty, come to the well that never runs dry. Drink of the water, come and thirst no more. Come all you sinners, come find his mercy. Come to the table, he will satisfy. Taste of his goodness, find what you're looking for. Let me hear you. For God so loved the world that he gave us, his one and only son to save us, whoever believes in him. Come lay them down at the foot of the cross. Jesus is waiting there with open arms. See his open arms. 
gave us his one and only son to save us whoever believes in him will live forever Come lay them down at the foot of the cross. Jesus is waiting. God so loved the world. Yeah. Amen. Our worship song of the month is a song called This Is Our God. Let's sing together. All right, here we go. Remember those walls that we called sin and shame. They were like prisons that we couldn't escape. But he came and he died and he rose. Those walls are rubble now. Remember those giants we called death and grave, yeah. They were like mountains that stood in our way. But he came and he died and he rose. Those giants are dead now. And this is our God. This is who he is. He loves us. And this is our God. This is what he does. Remember that fear that took our breath away. Faith so weak that we could barely pray. But he heard every word, every whisper. Yes, he did. And now those altars in the wilderness, yeah. They tell the story of his faithfulness. Never once did he fail.
Jesus who pulled me out of that pit. He did, he did. Who paid for all of our sins. Nobody but Jesus who rescued me from that grave. Yahweh, Yahweh, who gets the glory and praise. Nobody but Jesus who rescued me from that grave. church for singing. It looks like we gave them enough time so you can have a seat. All right. God is good. Amen. <coughs> All right. Miss Diane, come join me. All right. Church, this is uh, Diana Douthit. And uh, she's known Jesus for a while, and she's told you about it here recently. And she comes before you now to follow in believer's baptism, and this is a big deal to her. It's a big deal to me. It's a big deal to her family, and should be a big deal to her church family. Amen? Amen. Amen. Diana, do you know Jesus as your Savior? Yes, I do. Amen. <laughs> well, based upon that profession and faith in Jesus as your Savior... I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Microphone picks up well, doesn't it? <laughs> Glory! There we go. Hey, God is doing something amazing in the life of our students and our youth. And praise the Lord, I want to encourage you all. One of the greatest things you can do in this church is to point youth to Jesus. Second thing is to make get them plugged into their local youth group and let them grow in Christ and I just realized that since promotion Sunday, Caleb has been the first youth to profess his faith through believer's baptism. So I want you to do something. After I baptize Caleb, yeah, clap, holler. But I want to hear a big hallelujah after that. Can I get a witness out there? All right. Caleb, it is, your, is it your testimony that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Based on your profession of faith, I baptize you as my brother, named the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let's try that hallelujah again. Here we go. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Amen. He is worthy of our praise. All right, let's stand as we sing some more. As we turn our reflection toward the Lord's Supper, these songs you see will, um, will, will tell us what the Lord did for us uh, through his work on the cross, his resurrection, the blood that he shed. Let's sing together. This is At the Cross, Love Ran Red. Here we go. 
There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. And there's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide. Where all the love I've ever found comes like a flood, comes flowing down. At the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in all of you. I'm in all of you. Where your love ran red and my sin washed white, I owe all to you. I owe all to you, Jesus. And there's a place where sin and shame are powerless. And there my heart has peace with God. And forgiveness Where all the love I've ever found Comes like a flood Comes flowing down At the cross, at the cross I surrender my life I'm in all of you I'm in all of you this guitar sounding a little bit better. You all sound much better than it this morning, so excuse me for one second. Taking you behind the scenes here. Oh, much better. Here we go. One of my favorite songs, it's a hymn, really. It's called Living Hope. Will you sing with us? Great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, 
I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness moved to the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. That's right. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Yes, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my Christ, my living hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body, it began to breathe. And out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave had no claim on me. Let's sing that again, Michael. We meant it. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your very body it began to breathe. And out of the church for singing. God bless you. You can be seated. God is good. Amen. Amen. Having taught on, having verified scripture on, and having practiced baptism, we now turn our attention to the other ordinance that Jesus left behind for us to be able to do, and that is the Lord's Supper. I'd like to start by reading from the book of Isaiah. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it for us, but I'm going to read the 
first 12 verses, which are the only 12 verses of Isaiah 53. Let me read that for us. Who has believed our report? Or to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground and has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people. He was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, and nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall not, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sins of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. As we turn to the Lord's Supper, or communion, or the Eucharist, as some have come to know it, our statement of faith, the Baptist faith, the message defines the Lord's Supper as this. The Lord's Supper is a symbolic act of obedience whereby members of the church, through partaking of the bread and the fruit of the vine, memorialize the death of the Redeemer and anticipate His second coming. Now, I want to read a few select passages for you as we teach just briefly on the Lord's Supper. If you're a note taker, you can make a note. Luke chapter 22 we read, picking up in verse 14, that it was Jesus who set up the Lord's Supper as an act of remembrance. Let me read Luke chapter 22, verses 14 to 20. It says this, And when the hour had come, when he sat down and the twelve apostles with him, then he said to them, With fervent desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God has come. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. This is pre-betrayal pre-cross. But as Isaiah had alluded to in Isaiah 53, many hundreds of years before, and as Jesus has continued to tell his disciples, did you note that in Isaiah 53, it pleased God to bruise him for our sakes? And did you notice that Jesus, knowing what was coming, he said, I fervently desire to share with you what I'm getting ready to share. And then he tells them pretty clear. In John chapter 10, we read that Jesus willingly gave his life to save all who will believe. Now, note there is a difference. Jesus did not die to save all, period. Jesus died to save all who will come to faith in him. And so we need to make sure that we understand that church as a it is required 
of you to take a step. But in John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18, we find Jesus said, Therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Church, understand, no matter what stories we talk about and how what methods God used to bring about this change in Jesus' life, it was Jesus who fervently desired and chose to lay down his life for me and you. In Acts chapter 2, you read about the new church being born, and it reads in uh, Acts chapter 2. Let me go there. In Acts chapter 2, verses 41 and 42, it says this, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. Got that. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Church, the Lord's Supper is a unifying thing. Jesus tells us to remember because it draws us together with the common bond of faith. Do you know what makes you and I family? It's not because we share the same church membership or not because we, we say we're family. What makes us family is the blood of Jesus who ties us all together. And therefore, we should be reminded at the Lord's Supper that we are one family. One together. And that because of that, we will stay steadfast in the word, steadfast in fellowship, and steadfast in prayer. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 27 and 29, we talk about the examination. Read, let me read this. It said, therefore, who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and let so, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Church, let me remind you, Scripture teaches that before we do this as Christians, as those who share in the faith of Jesus, we need to examine ourselves to make sure that our heart is in alignment with God. And the exam comes down to what the teacher believes is going on in your heart, not what you believe is going on in your heart. And so thus, I encourage you in these next few minutes, as I've encouraged on Wednesday when we were together, challenging our church that we were coming together in this moment, allow the Lord to examine your heart, to have His way, to point out anything, and then you adjust your life to that. Which means that if you and the Lord are not in alignment in this moment because you've not yet dealt with nor are ready to deal with things that would separate you from a fellowship, not a relationship from the Lord. I encourage you to do one of the hardest things that you may ever have to do, but it's biblically correct. If your heart is not clean before God, let the plate pass you by. Don't take it. Scripture goes on to say it's because when we do it in an unworthy manner, God judges that of his own family. But also, it also means that if you're not yet a believer in Christ, don't take it. It means nothing to you. And it positions you to think that you've done something. And Scripture teaches that you haven't. The Lord's Supper is only for those who have repented and believed in Jesus as their Savior. The Lord's Supper should cause us to allow God to show us how He views our lives and we should respond so church, let me ask you a question. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? That's a simple God-defined yes or no in your life. Based upon what we've already experienced in Scripture, since you've come to know Jesus as your Savior, have you been baptized through 
immersion? That's a simple yes or no answer. If yes, I hope that what we've done in the baptism and then what we're going to do at the Lord's table is a special memory for you because, church, it is not a small thing that we have done nor are we about to do. If no, I desire that maybe the Lord is working in your heart and your baptism will become important to you and that maybe you'll step out even in just a few moments to say, nope, I need to get this right before the Lord. What's the Lord's Supper mean to you? Does it cause you to remember Jesus, what He did for you and your commitment to Him, or is it just something that we do every now and then? I've already encouraged you, if your heart is not right with the Lord, let the plate pass you by. And you're going, but that will expose me. Yep, it will. Better for you to be exposed than for you to be judged by God. Amen? Have you allowed, church, the Spirit of God to examine your life so that you can come prepared? And you know how you come prepared before the table? Whatever it is the Spirit lays in your heart that's going on in your life that you need to deal with, repent of it, confess it, give it to the Lord, Allow him to, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can stand clean before the Lord. Amen. What decisions would God have you make this morning? Now I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have a time of invitation. You're going, really? Yes. Today, we're focusing on what the Lord tells us to do through baptism. We're focusing on what the Lord tells us to do in and through the Lord's Supper. And we're going to have the Lord's Supper in just a few moments. This is your final moment, church, before we serve this time for you and the Lord to really settle things and make things good. And I pray that you'll do that because this is supposed to be a wonderful fellowship, unifying time And maybe today is the day that you join the fellowship by coming to know Jesus. Amen. Church, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to pray for us. Then we're going to have a time of invitation. And in that time of invitation, you can respond right there where you are between you and the Lord. You can come and pray at this altar. We will be here. and We will wait for you to be done, whatever the Lord is doing. I will be here should you need me. We will do whatever it takes. And if all of a sudden you're going, well, I, I just got to be baptized. I got to be. We got water. <laughs> Listen, I can change again. And so if you're going, you mean I could be baptized today? If you and I talk just a moment down here? Absolutely. Church, would you wait for that? <coughs> Absolutely we would. Absolutely we would. <coughs> Whatever the Lord places on your heart, that is what I ask you to follow up with today. Church, let's pray. Father, we come before you and we thank you that in your word, you want us to know you. And not only do you want us to know you, but you desire to tell us what we are to do because we know you. Father, you also tell us what we can do if we don't know you. And right now, Father, I stand before you with my church family, with maybe first-time guests and with people online, Lord, however you have chosen to bring us together, Father, I thank you for this group of people right now. And it's my prayer, Father, that you will have your way in their lives. Lord, you know each individual. You know what they're carrying, what they're battling, what they're struggling with. You know what's hurting them. But, Father, you also know what you desire to do in and through them in the days ahead. Father, may that struggle end today as they yield their lives to you in whatever way you call them to. Father, thank you. Thank you for baptism. Father, thank you for the Lord's Supper. We pray, Father, that we will be found faithful this morning as as we seek to make them important. Have your way in each life right now. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. table together let me pray for us Father we come before you and I'm reminded Father so many times about how we pray before we sit down and eat we thank you for the one Father who made the food and we pray that the food would nourish our bodies and Father right now we come before you and we pray Father And it takes on a whole new meaning. We thank you, Father, for preparing your son and giving him to us. We thank you, Father, for being pleased to provide him so that we, Father, 
being unworthy, can be made worthy through Him. Father, we pray that what we will do now, Father, will nourish our hearts and our souls and our minds, and it will change our lives, Father, although it's something that we've done before. Father, may it impact us now unlike ever before. Father, we thank you for this table. And we pray now that you would have your way in our lives as we remember. And we pray all of this in the only name we can, and that's Jesus. Amen. All right, church, you may be seated. Deacons, you begin to make your way back to the back for preparation and service, please. First Corinthians chapter 11, Paul writes to us in uh, verses 23 and 24. He says, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. Church, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Father, for how Jesus lived for us. And Father, we thank you for how he died for us and how his body was broken, Father, so that we could remain whole and be made whole in him. Father, may you remind us of your love for us. May you remind us of Jesus' fervent desire to go through what he went through. And may you remind us, Father, of all eternally we gain because of his body being broken. Thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.
Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Scripture goes on in verse 25 and says, In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Church, let's pray. Father, we come before you and we thank you for the bread that we've just had and how it represents the broken body of Jesus, your Son and our Savior and this world's only hope. But Father, now we thank you for the blood that Jesus shed. Father, best we can tell based upon what we read in the Word, Jesus gave all of his blood for us. Scripture says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And Father, we thank you that the blood of Jesus is powerful. And when applied to a life, Father, all sin, all sin past, all sin current, all sin future, Father, can be forgiven for one who has placed faith in Jesus. Father, may we be reminded now that this blood has been applied to our lives and that we are clean before you. And Father, may we also desire to live clean before you and may this change how we act in the days ahead. We thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.